and we're back and you're listening to villain cast bjj antiheroes with myself chris the villain pains and naki El jefe arshed and welcome to reap the week firstly a thank you to our sponsors the lovely patrons on patreon thank you for believing in this work and if you'd like to learn more about supporting this channel along with receiving exclusive content such as the new episodes of how to defend everything 3.0 Along with personal coaching, you can find out more via chrispainesbjj.com. I know, right? I've uh, so much has changed, Nak. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having to redo how to defend everything. So it's it's what we did on, on Fanatics plus the other stuff we did on Fanatics, uh, with an extra few like more stuff about how to like train it more than anything else. But it's a uh, it's because it's a work in progress uh, and all those kind of new ideas i just stick on patreon and 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 share those ideas as they're being formed yeah how to defend everything 3.0 episodes are going on to there um nice it was a sweaty night i've had to rehydrate um after tonight how are you feeling dude mate since thursday i've uh i've just tried to stay on top of me water because uh yeah it gets very sweaty in there yeah tell me about it man well both gyms like it's it's just uh it's just one of those things right now. Stay, staying hydrated. I, I carry around a, uh, is it half a gallon? A half a gallon jug with me pretty much all the time now. Yeah, I've seen um, it. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it, it It reminds me of how much I've drunk that day. I don't count coffee and, and anything else I have. I have to at least go through one or two of those a day. Uh, it's getting more like two after some of the sessions we've had. Um, yeah. We have a... a quite a bit to talk about this evening um we uh so everyone on discord uh we put this uh question out to the discord channel if you'd like to join that there are various links in various places um such as if you're watching this on youtube uh there is a link uh in the description to our discord channel um and this seems it's like i like this i love the discord channel i love the ideas that keep coming through it but i'm just shit replying to things sometimes and I think this is probably the best way of like answering people because um, if I want to say something, it's usually a wall of text. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> like, some someone actually uh, sent me a message on Instagram asking about a class that I did at the Globetrotter camp in Maine, uh, mm-hmm. the the class of Winter Soldier. I said, look, I'll answer it in the podcast uh, because if I'm to write it out, it's gonna take forever. Um, yeah. So I like this idea that you know, it's a weird way of conversing, but people who ask questions, we'll answer them through here. Um, I send so many people towards the podcast. I'm like, look, just go to the podcast, <laughs> and then if you've got yeah, questions, yeah. ask us. Dude, I, so I think in class you're like people like asking various things. You went, just, just go to the podcast. We, we yeah. answer it in the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's, it does seem like an easier way of. of uh, conversing with people in a one-way street. Um, <laughs> so some of the questions we've had then are regarding the uh, the new way we're looking at jiu-jitsu, especially with the, the new BJJ Fanatics releases of Unstoppable Stand-Ups and How to Learn Jiu-Jitsu. Um, first one we're going to talk about then is uh, how do we learn guard-passing uh, whilst not creating openings um oddly enough uh that's something we've been working for the past couple of weeks uh, in class so 
Um, I think it actually is uh, the way. So okay, the the way I thought about playing this drill in the gym is the five points of wow. I can actually do like I can actually make signs um, on camera. <laughs> you okay? Like anyone watching your side of the camera is going to like get motion sickness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you, just re- I just reset my position that's all we'll have to get you a tripod um yeah. for your phone i i have like so many tripods lying around I, I like, i'm pretty sure there's like four tripods <laughs> behind me um but i like freestanding ones as well like i've got so many different ways of holding stuff i've got you know i've got a tripod for the ring light lighting my face up i've got a tripod for the camera pointing at my face i've got a, a desk boom arm for the mic here <laughs> and i've got about three tripods behind me i've got gimbals I've, <laughs> i if anyone broke into this house they'd think i was a very strange individual um <laughs> anyway so how uh guy passing whilst not creating openings um so the drill we've been doing in the gym which i thought was was useful is okay Five control points on a human being are behind the head, in the armpits, and behind the knees. Uh, especially in nogi, the um, combination of those of those points uh, essentially make all the guards. And as a basic drill, uh, it'd be I like this idea of, of either balancing um, complexity or intensity. So if, if you start with basic complexity and you then build intensity, uh, if you're going to change complexity, if you're going to add complexity, you have to restart intensity. Um, so if those are the five control points, person on the floor, uh, you are the puzzle maker. It's your job to educate the other person through the puzzles you create. You're not in competition with the puzzle solver, aka the person doing the drill. person who's upright, just block those five points and if blocking five is too complicated because you are new or newer to jiu-jitsu start with two start with like just behind the legs so the person on the floor is just going to attack those things and you're just going to block them move and that's it um over time again you don't have to try and solve it in a day uh if it takes two or three lessons two or three weeks a couple of months like build up it's okay um but yes, add complexity over time that you're eventually hooking for those those five points. Um, then flip the drill. Person on the floor is uh, blocking, so they're using their four frames, uh, hands, feet, um, predominantly. Uh, if their hands and feet fail, using shins and forearms because those are the next available parts. You know, you don't want anyone above your knees or elbows because that means they've passed your guard. So you want as many joints as you can between you and the other person. Use your feet to block them. Uh, and the person on top is either going to upright pass or low pass. Try and get past your frames. Um, and that's their looking at denying guard and guard retention. Um, then add those two drills together. So uh, into like a, a basic sparring, like situational sparring. But in a way that it's still only sticking to the complexity that you've already established with your partner now if they can't deal with low passing yet all you've done is upright passing then just do upright passing um 
same as if you're only hunting for the backs of their legs, don't suddenly start grabbing their arms. Um, and you try and poke your way through the other person's gap. So the person on the floor is trying to blend, blocking, making sure the other person doesn't get past their knees, whilst also trying to find behind the legs or the arms or the head or whatever, whilst the person on top is trying to get past the knees, trying to get past the frames, whilst also denying space behind the uh, back of the knees, armpits or head or whatever. So oddly enough, you've then created a guard-passing drill that doesn't create openings. And you can then, because you've isolated these these various points, if it fails, you can look directly at what the point of failure was and drill it. Go, right, why, where did it go wrong? Where was the, the, the blend of the two, offense and defense? Um, where did it fail? Uh, I think that, because we had a guy who started only last week, I think that went really well because he was already doing guard retention and then throwing his, his way into like controlling the backs of the knees. And I was like, this is day one. He's yeah, doing guard think- retention. Just looking around or doing the drills and stuff, I was like, yeah, people are getting this. They're, they're getting this. You know, they're trying to get up. They're trying to play. Trying to get behind them spaces and they're attacking aggressively. Um, there is a video I'm going to do on the Patreon. Plug, 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 plug. Um, tomorrow, actually. So the day this comes out, I'm going to be recording uh, in the gym. Stone gym, actually. Um, about guard passing whilst denying openings. Um and I've actually got a, a video lined up, like a case study video to like prove my point. Mm. Um, so anyone, uh, if you're around to watch that, is um, I'm going to be looking at denying those spaces and, uh, and a very well-known athlete doing it in action against many people. Ah, um, ah yes. Uh, so that is that is um, that is essentially one of the reasons why I I, I thought this draw was quite interesting because denying guard in the first place makes way more sense than than getting stuck in it and then trying to get out of it in the first place um and that's essentially what uh we do and it's actually you know it was one interesting thing so when we rolled is i'm kind of giving my game plan away here is there are <laughs> points where it does look like i've given away the back of my knee um especially to you and when we're when we're sparring for example in half guard Except there's a point where I'm are you controlling the back of my knee with your heel or am I controlling your heel with my back of my knee? Because I don't want you to stand up. So I'm controlling your bottom leg with my kneecap. And so there are certain points when you start pulling my leg towards you and start pulling me deeper into like a half guard that I actually abandon and let you just close up. So there's a kind of like nuanced moment where am I in half guard or am I controlling your bottom leg with my knee? It's an interesting moment. And <laughs> uh, that is that is a, a general consideration I have. Um, I'll have to maybe go through the, the footage of tonight's roles and maybe I can, I can separate that out. So it's only short moments, but it's a, it's a conscious thing that I'm actually doing. I don't know if you notice it, because then when no, I'm on the bottom, I do pull your leg in pretty hard, yeah, and I abandon why, when you pull my heel back. That's why, if you notice, I pick my time when I want to pass, because and when I do try, I decide I'll go fast, because I know if I mess around, you, you'll be entering the legs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, I have to... It's, it's, I say it's... Um, 
there are nuanced moments like that where it might look like you should just straight deny, but you're actually controlling them in a weird way. Like you, you have them, not they have you. Um, I think defending all five places is impossible if you want to attack and get in somewhere at any rate. So I think there's going to be a give and take. But then when you're in them positions where it looks like one's in control, but they're actually not. It's like they're the nuanced positions, I think, where the fight happens. I call it like gambling where, you know, belts and braces, perfect job would be to completely deny someone any access to those five points. Yeah, of course. And get past their knees. Um, yeah, if someone has one of those or two of those or something like that, it's still possible because you're going to like try and get ahead of their knees and open up their armpits and then try and free your leg later, for example. But I refer to that as gambling, and I only do it against people who I think I'm better than, skill-wise. Because if I'm against someone who is well, good, equal to me or better, it's not worth a gamble. I'm probably going to lose this. Work. I'm going to lose this gamble. Um, mm. So it's it's something that I, I don't. It's a respect thing, as in, I, you know, again, I think I've talked about this before when we talk about the defensive postures, where, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll you know, allow people who aren't, uh, you know, uh, who I feel I can play with into those spaces so I can find my way out, you know, in a, in a later way. But someone who is as good as or better than me, I will not let them into those places just because it's not safe. Um, yeah, I agree. You gotta be very cautious. I yeah. know you gotta have a plan. You gotta have a plan. Exactly. It's it's better to be belts and braces perfect with your jujitsu than playing some gamble sometimes. Um yeah. especially when you're against people who, who when they take something, they take it completely. Uh, <laughs> and you ain't having it back. Uh and that's that's then you kinda of know like, oh yeah, I fucked up. I don't want I shouldn't have done that. Um yeah. But it's, I think it's a good drill as well because identifying those points conceptually um, allowed to know where you're fucking up. Like, oh, yeah, it was the back of my knee that was caught. And the the, the, the next kind of phase that I have kind of planned is then allow people to kind of get slightly caught and then get out and then find their way back into it. So, like, not teaching them necessarily different guard passes or passes to different guards, should I say. But it's only those same, same five points they need to get rid of. They need to strip. They need to, to break um, and let them figure their own way out. Um, it'd be interesting to see uh, how that goes. Next question. Most fun guard that you play? <laughs> what about you? Um, see here. I, I prefer to play inside a lot. Uh, just because of leg locks and stuff but I don't really have a favourite guard I, I look as guard as one because I have favourite moves I like to do from certain guards for example butterfly or even half guard like there's certain things I like doing but I think you have to adapt to the person who you're rolling against because some guards you can't play against some people so I like to have a game plan for every guard and I think of it as one rather than you know, broken up into butterfly, half guard. More more, more on the lines of inside and outside, I think about. Yeah, yeah. I, I 
Um, I like the idea of of the the three core guards for myself of outside being my clothes guard, uh, my inside being butterfly, and my half guard being the blend um, mm. and being able to blend between all three. Um, as in, I'm always going to pass through half guard. As I'm going to go butterfly to to close guard, I'm going to have to go through half guard as I take my hooks out and reestablish them in different places. Um, for fun, though, inverting. Mm. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun, especially with the whole, there should always be the threat of stand-up, being able to play, getting up, going back down, getting up, inverting, going back up again. Yeah. Um, the uh, The threat level uh, with that feels very interesting. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like, uh, it's... Again, the whole the whole thing we've been talking about with, with standing up is if I feel the pressure is is quite a lot, I would normally revert back to my clothes guard to try and threaten with own platters and just like arm. So again, it was, it was one thing that from the Sodas podcast, which again keeps coming back to the idea of Kazushi about breaking someone's physiological integrity is if someone's putting a lot of pressure on me, i.e. you. <laughs> I feel I need to um, unbalance you. I can't do it normally through sweeps, um, especially if you've got a lot of pressure on me. I haven't got the space to try and generate them, but I can fuck with your shoulders, and so that's why I normally threaten the back of your arms quite a lot. I like to kind of like go a bit further over, especially if you're putting pressure on me. You like you're normally stacked in towards me a little bit so now i'll start to cut angles to put pressure on your arms to try and threaten you that way um i know, I know. <laughs> uh oh, i'm giving game plans away here um enter the fire fun, <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I like the idea that i can play a bit of half um go for the stand make you come flying in to try and put me down then play a bit of clothes, bit of half, trying to like throw in your shoulders a bit, and it's a it's an exhausting game. It's dude, I'm having to hit the gym so fucking often right now, just same to try and keep same. up with um, making this more of a sport and and introducing more sport like ideas to how people roll, such as you know if you're not putting pressure on them, they can stand up. Um, and if you're not being pressured, stand up. Now you've got these like, you know, young guns in their 20s and they're just jumping to their feet. And you're like, I need to now put effort and keep you down. Yeah. Which means my cardio now has to work. And that means I have to go to the gym. And I thought I'd pass that. I thought I had black belt magic and I didn't have to do this kind of stuff anymore. <laughs> but no, it turns out, although that's actually weirdly, I think a downfall of um, sometimes being uh, like, the, like how you how you form the, the gym around you and how you you create the training. Um, you can kind of rely on your black belt magic to keep people down, and because it doesn't take a lot of effort, sometimes you can just like you know spend the in guard and catch them with some bullshit. Um, I was getting unfit. Due to not having to try and rolling, just spinning around under people and catching magic every now and then, and that was it. 
and yeah. and, and you know, according to some of the blood tests I was doing, I was actually getting out of shape. Um, now I am probably in the best shape I've been in the past six years. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You you monster at the moment. You dude, should get I, back to competing, man. Trust me. I'm gonna have to. I've I've like weirdly. So you know, my weight hasn't changed in the past four months, but I've you know I've completely changed up my diet, intermittent fasting. And I'm hitting the gym every goddamn day. Mm. Uh, weight hasn't changed. So I'm assuming some fat has disappeared and some muscle has replaced it. Otherwise, I am training very wrong. <laughs> um, although looking at the, uh, the the pictures, I'm bigger than you now. I'm like the biggest dude in the gym. Yeah, I'm fucking tiny these days, man. Like, when did that... <laughs> you are. I, uh, it's the hard work we're all putting in right now. Yeah. Um Yeah, so funnest guard, inversions always. Um passes that work. The question. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a hard one to answer when you don't actually teach passing. Um because every pass kind of fails if you allow them into those points. Um and again it's that whole guy idea of gambling is Yeah, passes, you know, you can make any kind of pass where someone's got you. You know, you can kind of like, okay, right, they're behind my leg, but I can just, you know, pass through their knee and, and put pressure through here. But it's a gamble. And it's those moments where they can catch you because they've got their leg. They can just position themselves somewhere else and, and probably send you over. Um, safest passes are always denying. Denial, complete strip out of it. Get, Do not allow them between your thigh and armpit behind your head or behind your leg and then climb above their knees either by going over under around or through splitting the legs or pinning legs together that's the formula yep um and that's all i'm ever thinking about with, with passing is denial and then over the knees under knees around the knees or through the knees uh whilst either pinning the knees together or splitting them apart yeah, That's and it. it's a it's a numbers game. You got two feet, two knees, and two hips to pass. So you yeah. start cancelling and taking out and putting in, and putting speed in there, some pressure, and find the openings. Yeah, blending in, go high, go low. Yeah. Uh, as soon as you pass the knees, like the guard is is falling apart because there's no other joints past the hips. You just need to get past the knees, then rip the armpits open. Um, but I mean, if I had to and pick so as like long as a, it kind of fits that formula. Yeah, if I had to pick like a type of pass that I like, I really love stack passes. <laughs> I really love stack passes. Going under, yeah. I, I like the idea as like well, like not sticking to a particular plan. Yeah. It's open. Yeah. You adapt. Yeah, as in, I like the idea of over, under, round and through because you can go yeah. over and when they adjust to stop you over, go under, go around it. If they, If they... If you pin the legs together and they try and force them apart, go through it, split them. Yeah. Um, as long as you kind of, you know, that's all you need to think about. Is, I, I, am I passing the kneecaps? Um, I just, it, there's a, a, this should be an Australian coach who used to go to the Globetrotters camps called Chad Wright. And uh, one thing he used to talk about, he used to do the same uh, guard every single camp. And he always used to talk about fucking the armpit. <laughs> and, in an Australian accent, it was always hilarious. Um, 
But I think it was useful for him to do that. He did say it once, is that you remember it better? Like, by saying, I'm going to fuck the armpit. Yeah, I'm going to remember that. Um, <laughs> and Dan Hur was the same. Um, oh, you, you know, I mentioned this. <laughs> fuck it. Uh, I went to a Dan Hur seminar about 2016, 2017. Mr. Mr. Mrs. Ryan and Tony were also in attendance. Um, and Dan Hur was on about when you, you know, trying to get high up the leg. Um, for a, a outside heel hook, uh, imagine there's a double-ended dildo between your assholes, and you're going to hide it. And here we are, or here I am, all these years later. You know, best part six, seven years later, and that sticks in my head that I need to be that high up the leg to hide that dildo. And um, yeah, you know, when you when you put something awful like that on, on the teaching, it does it does stick in your head. Traumatizing, um, traumatizing. And uh, Christian Graugott was the same when you referred to your kneecaps being your G spot, uh, and you don't want you know if you're doing guard retention, you don't want another man or woman touching your G spot, um, and it sticks in your head. Uh, I remember actually doing a seminar in Denver, <laughs> 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 and I. I mentioned it that way i was like you know you don't want and this is your g-spot you know your kneecap is your g-spot don't let anyone get north of your g-spot and there was a couple of kids in attendance it was a really <laughs> packed room and the head coach or the coaches afterwards a friend of mine messaged me saying is uh, uh that one of these kids had gone home and gone to his mom because mom mom i know where your g-spot is it's your kneecap and he's like and then the dad messaged the coach like, explaining this and he forwarded it on to me i was like that's not my problem anymore i'm off <laughs> so like, like 10 year old saying mom i know where your g-spot is it's your kneecaps some poor woman in the future is going to be disappointed with that man when he grows up, <laughs> um, um, I'm glad I could be a part of that. <laughs> oh my god, jujitsu is strange, man. There's some strange right. stories out there. Yeah, there's some strange stories. Um, maybe one day we should do an episode on like weird jujitsu stories because somebody's gonna sue us, mate, or somebody's gonna come for us. <laughs> no, just I think it's part of traveling. Sometimes is that you just end up in in weird circumstances. Yes. Um, like you know, the time I ended up in a homeless shelter in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> maybe that's I don't know if that's jujitsu or just being stupid. But either way, um, maybe maybe a, uh, maybe when we, when when uh, we have a different podcast, we can talk about some strange strange things that have happened. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Next question. It's kind of similar to all this. Um, advice on upright hand fighting. Uh, I actually did a class on this on Friday, but what what bits of advice do you normally uh, coach with um, when you're talking about upright hand fighting? Are we talking like stand up or the bottom person being down and fighting from the bottom up? Um, stand up, oh, but I guess I guess resting. actually they kind of you know. 
I fuck the idea of wrestling. It's all jujitsu. Um, yeah, it's all. It's all. I mean, it would be the same from the bottom as well because the way we exactly. wrestle standing with the hand fighting is the same. We wrestle from the bottom. It's all collar ties, arm drags, you know, uh, Russian ties, all that stuff that you do on the top is when you, you do at the bottom as well. In my opinion, well, I play that anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, usually, you know, on a, on a base concept level i said this on friday because um similar question was asked in the gym is first and foremost um two-on-one i prefer two-on-one grip assume the other person is stronger i'm gonna go for a two-on-one um attack the front arm not the back back arm's weak front arm's nice and uh there for you and it's normally the front door to all the takedowns that you want so Uh, depending how you're if you are matched with the other person say if their right leg is forwards and your right leg is forwards it's going to be like an arm drag if their left leg forward is forward and your right leg is forward it's going to be a Russian tie up or something Um, either way you're attacking that front arm you don't don't try and attack the back arm Um, if we're in uh, like a uh, collar and uh, elbow calf you know back of the head and elbow calf situation um I don't like being in those situations where we're both kind of doing it yeah. uh, because it feels like why well, I've given you the back of my head um, unless I've got the inside track. So yeah. that's kind of leaning a bit on like Muay Thai when you're doing the plum and stuff where, you know, I want my arm on the inside of your arm. And so it's that kind of pummel again, uh, being on the inside track in general. Like, so if, someone, if someone's got um, same with kind of judo, if someone's got your collar and your hands are on the outside, you're normally the person who's going to get air. So you have to kind of pummel your arm onto the inside. It's the exact same. Um, if uh, there's disparity in head height, uh, that's when a takedown normally happens. So if you're yeah. over the top of someone's head, you can normally like go over the top of them and sprawl their head into the ground. If you're underneath their head, you can uh, look for... Um, doubles and singles. Boom. Yeah, doubles and singles getting underneath them. Um and so using your hands to try and create those disparities because someone's matching you, you know, your head height, you need to try and force a disparity. So that's where yeah. my hand fighting would then go, try and beat their hands, try and beat the two-on-one, try and get, you know, a parry out the way or get on the inside track and then create a disparity, which will then suit me either by going over them or under them. Um, and those are normally the... The, the fundamentals, so again, I would say. Yeah, exactly. And so I like that idea that we can... I say all those little different ideas and then work on each of those ideas and try and find entries in. And then again, like the same thing about the whole guard passing thing is increase intensity with a certain complexity. And then once you're happy with it, increase the complexity and then restart the intensity. Um, And you can identify all those different things. So like I say, you know, head disparity, two-on-ones, same like I remember saying to you once, like any time you looked down, I was going to snap your head off. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, we, we started fighting very upright at that point and mm-hmm. matching head height. Um, and yeah, just, I think that's a, a easy way of, of dealing with um, hand fighting from upright because the same kind of stuff happens on the ground. Like I'm yes. always attacking the front arm. Um, arm drags and, and Russian tie-ups, depending on what the arm is forwards uh, compared to mine. And what, which is my strong arm for doing it as well, um, yeah. So I still, I still, the same stuff applies. I want the inside track. Like if I'm in someone's close guard, I want my arms on the inside. I want my, you know, bicep 
control. If you're on my biceps, you're in control. So I can't allow that if I'm on top. Yep. Um, yeah, just just those kind of fundamental ideas for hand fighting kind of they carry over. So I don't like seeing it as wrestling. It's still jujitsu to me. Yeah. Um. Next question. Is there still a place for hawking in what we now do? Yes. I really? think I, th- I think I think it's uh, not hawking like you say you're calling it hawking 3.0. Yeah, I think it's a very hybrid version of running man that we're playing now. Because um, we don't like laying in that side control position much, do we? We either play that running man where we either try to get the frame if they blow on our legs or if they go high, we go to turtle. So a lot of guys aren't playing hooky at the moment in the way we used to play it. I think the yeah yeah I'd say I wouldn't I'm not exactly playing hawking but I'm playing more vims um inspired the compass and we haven't spoken about that in a while I don't but know. as in that that kind of idea of if I can move my if I can't move my hips I can move my shoulders if I can't move my shoulders I can move my hips um so if someone's on my hips, that's why I'm going to try and move my shoulders away. I want to look at well the, the three um, options. I can either uh, move laterally, shoulders and hips along the floor. I can do rotation. And I can do uh, contraction and extension. Um, and so I use those. That's where Hawking would kind of move in is that if I need to be able to use my hands to frame on someone when they have my hips. I want to move my shoulders yeah. away from them to try and create space, which then goes back into TSM. Yeah. Um, I want to create space for my shoulder, my upper spine away from you. Uh, and that's where my hawking would normally go. Um, and I'd like, I'd say the only place I really use kind of like hawking kind of motion is in armbar defense. Where I'm, again, try and free my shoulders by using my hips and walking yeah. my hips away to try and pull my shoulders out. But I, I don't use it in a specific way, like, oh, here's hawking. I use it as a that kind of overall concept due to Vim of what's free, I'm going to move yeah. that. Yeah. Um, There's a moment, uh, so I did a private with the South Africans on Sunday after class. And we were talking about that idea of the seesaw, as in it's the exact same idea. Uh, it was about getting up out of turtle is that if you if your head's trapped move your hips if your hips trapped move your head um can't do both at the same time usually not easily uh <laughs> and, if, and if they are they're they're a smart grappler but majority of the time people don't um but that's why i'd normally put hawking in and it's, it allows me that frame then to try and create space to get up again i'm trying to you know you're the person on top you're trying to limit my operational uh, space so I'm going to try and create space by moving my shoulders away initially and then once you've kind of let go of my hips I'm going to move those away as well if that makes sense so it does have a place but not as a specific position to moving definitely away yeah Yeah. exactly there isn't a position we don't chill there we try not to chill Um, we don't try not to chill there anymore do we no, it's a lot more active. Um, yeah. I don't want anyone on top of me for any period of time. Um, 
Because Sonya knows what they're doing. He's going to hand fight me and be aggressive. And even if they don't have material control, they're going to limit the space I can operate in. Yeah. Um, and I don't want that. I want to be able to get the fuck up. I, I don't want to be on the bottom. Um, which, you know, I guess there's a space in time um, for that kind of chilled, relaxed rolling. But again, it still feels a bit disingenuous. Yeah. That's the right word for it. Um, it feels like it only exists in the jiu-jitsu sphere. <laughs> yeah, this feels like it carries our, across um, generationally into other sporting endeavors. I don't want to be on the floor, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, simply. And yeah, yeah. I use the, the concept behind it to to get up off off the floor. So I'm not staying in Hawking. I'm um freeing my shoulders to get up out of it. So I guess there is a space for it in that. Yeah, yeah. Um and that I guess kind of comes all the way right round to. So I had a question come through on Instagram. I talked about uh, at the beginning of the podcast about the Winter Soldier. And there's two versions of this class. Um mm. the one that happened in Maine wasn't oh actually no. I, it was recorded. I recorded it. Um genius uh <laughs> yeah actually well hey um existing on my gopro is a full two hour seminar from the globetrotters camp in maine i'll stitch them all together it's all individual videos right now um i put it on youtube why not why not gift of the world um <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so the the there's i think going to be, there was one recorded at the austria camp the initial winter soldier which is going to be coming out i think imminently on the globetrotters youtube channel um it looks like they're uh uploading videos from that camp currently preet and francesco's just went up um well the version i did in maine was a bit of a, a continuation of it because I, I wanted to put two classes together mm-hmm um, and it's essentially the, this idea of, of like you know what we were talking about with um, three H's and the three S's of giving people drills that they can take and uh, as long as you kind of stick to the concept and like hear the words and stick to the words, your jujitsu will change. And uh, I get to try and boil it down to the very basics. So I think TSM was a really good one, time, yeah. space, material. Um, if you're on the bottom, you are increasing space. Just increase space on the other person. Deny them material control. Increase spatial. Uh, increase uh, your space from them. Uh, if you're on top, deny the other person material control. Take material control away from them. As in take something from them. Take control of something. If you can't do that, control the space they can operate in. And you can boil it down to that. Uh the three H's that we always use, high hips, mm -hmm. hip heist, hand fight. Um, so keep yourself square to the ground. Um, so you're always, you know, hips facing the floor. Keep your hips high to near the person. So essentially we're then just, it's another way of explaining TSM of um, if I'm on top, I get to dictate space. Um, I can't be on top easily if I'm not square to the ground. So make sure you're always square to the ground. And hand fight. Because that is your initial material control. Um, 
And then three S's of sweep, sub, stand. Uh, sweep or sub, if you cannot stand. If I can stand, aka I'm on the floor, I should be generating space and getting away from the person. If I can't generate space, use sweep or sub to break their balance. Mm-hmm. So you can stand up. Yes. But it should be a secondary resort from just getting up. Um, and I think pretty much all the drills we're doing right now and all the way we're training is always going back to that idea of having, like, you know, for the entire, what was it, just shy of 20 minutes we rolled earlier. That was yeah. all that was going through my head <laughs> of TSM, three H's, three S's. Um, yeah. And then blending my jujitsu around that. And uh, even moments I was pausing, that was still going through my head. Um, difficult because of how slip it was. Um, it doesn't feel like real jujitsu right now. And then yeah. we both kind of caught each other recently, and it was only due to how ridiculously sweaty pretty... it is. Yeah, yeah, nothing counts right now. We have to wear <laughs> a gi or something. We just we um, got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so that's the the Winter Soldier. Um, is is this idea that you could just say those words and if you stick to it you can make improvements in, in your jiu-jitsu uh same with like you know you can look at anything we kind of talked about today about um guard passing for example uh guard retention tsm control the uh, the space the other person has to move in if you're on top um if you're on the floor create space between you and the other person um it's easy to forget like yeah i mean <laughs> it's, Again, it was one of the, the part of the private I did yesterday, uh, Sunday, with the South Africans, is one of them was having issues with the other person, other people kind of like passing their guard and them getting stuck in kind of like a half upright running man situation. Yeah. Uh, and I said, what if you, as they come close to you, just shrimp back a little bit? And they did, and I'm like, oh. I was like, yeah. Just move away from them like a like a you got to think like it's easy to get stuck in that kind of you know the whole art of war thing like you know you want the, the higher ground mannequin um if someone's got the upper uh, higher ground on you in mm. most battles they will win yeah. um and so don't think you you know just because you're in the valley you have to stay in the valley think oh <laughs> this is it for me i'm just gonna stay in the valley down here and <laughs> hope for the best you know it's entirely plausible for someone to win from the valley yeah but in most wars the person with the higher ground wins yeah um you do not have to accept your lot if there's space to move up into another up another hill fucking move up put them (laughs) in the fucking valley um (laughs) and yeah it's that kind of like you know if there's if there's opportunity for you to move away up the other side of the valley up another hill Move away. Yeah, do Why are you it, still man. down here? <laughs> Frame, get up. Um, don't accept your lot. I think that's it's indicative of a lot of the issues that we, you have in jiu-jitsu sometimes is it's, it's missing the wood for the trees. Um, and so uh, there's a, currently someone with us um, from uh, Bristol University looking at uh, various things about coaching and anthropology, I think it is. Uh, yeah, and he had a chat with me the other day about, you know, what what skill am I trying to improve, um, 
the most in my jiu-jitsu right now. I sat there and I thought, the thing I'm trying to improve the most is seeing past all the things that are uh, theatre in Mm. jiu-jitsu that only exist in the jiu-jitsu space and looking at things more objectively and going, should that really be there? And it's one of those things like, you know, those kind of pitch battles again of, you know, one person on their back in guard, one person upright, and you have to kind of stay where the fuck you are and fight from there instead of move away. Yeah. So, so obvious <laughs> like that. Um, and that was an interesting question. That's like the, the, my main kind of push right now is to look at things so objectively and go, right, why is that there? Does it only exist because of jujitsu or the second we kind of step away from it, does it fall apart? Yeah. Um, what would you say yours is? As in, what skill are you working most on in your jiu-jitsu career right now? In my head, all I'm trying to do is just simplify jiu-jitsu. <laughs> I, don't, like, I don't want to have hundreds of answers for questions, you know what I mean? I try to keep it as small and condensed as possible. I mean, one thing I'm really working on is this uh, timing thing, uh, going for when to pull the trigger kind of thing um, that's something I'm really working on uh, working on for yourself or working on for coaching reasons uh, both you could say because if so it's how... simple for me I can cut out a lot of garbage that I don't have to teach others you know what I mean how do you coach that timing thing would you say I think that comes with experience I was having this discussion with clear actually earlier and I was like look we're doing it now and I think the more we do this I think that will come with time um, I mean, our roles are getting so much more active now because we're just pulling the trigger as soon as we get a little gap. And I think that's what I'm kind of really pushing towards now, like just f- forcing gaps and pulling the trigger. Yeah, I think it's I think that's part of the the, the goal, really. And I think it's it's maybe easily explained with this idea of as <laughs> as silly as this is going to sound. <laughs> and as much as it may affect my future income oh I, you <laughs> I think yes you can learn the defensive postures and stuff like that but there is a a quickly realized natural ceiling to them um where best analogy i have for it imagine you train at a boxing gym and Everyone in the boxing gym works mostly on offense and just slugs each other from the hip, just throwing bombs at each other. And everything's about just throwing harder and different bombs. And then you learn about defensive postures, and so you come back and you put your hands up. And we know it because it's you know it's the most common feedback that I hear about the defensive postures. You know, anyone's watched How to Defend Everything one um, is yeah, I'm not getting caught in my gym anymore. Like, you know, I was rolling, just put my elbows in, I'm not getting caught. Cool. Fantastic. So you've essentially gone back to your boxing gym with your hands up and everyone's just gone, what the fuck, I can't punch you in the face anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but then you hit a natural ceiling in that you can literally just, like, fight with your hands up by your chin, not get hit in the face, put your hands back down, slug someone in the face, then put your hands back up again. And you can be as lazy as you want because they don't realize that it's your hands in the way that's stopping them from hitting you in the face. Um, and so you never get to work on that kind of timing. Like you know, you don't have maybe unless there's really good people in the gym, like higher belts, 
people higher than you that can expose your gaps. But you don't have to try. You can just like defend, 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 slug, defend. And then the drills that you do, if you're, you know, say your coach doesn't really subscribe to the same ideas, is every drill is then back to putting your hands back down by your sides again. And like, whoa, whoa, wait, I, you know, I shouldn't be doing that. I should have my hands up by your chin. Oh, no, we have our hands by our sides in here. And so you can never really improve it through drilling either. Um, just you have to try and find small pockets of people that will work with you to to improve these things in the gym. If yes. you're on your own, it's, it's a very quick ceiling you're going to hit. Um, yeah, exactly. And I think that's the whole thing about timing is that you know you, when you've got two people who know what gaps they need to look for and are throwing good defense and the gaps are getting smaller that's what timing is as in that's the thing like you know when we when we're hand fighting each other and we're looking for those spaces um to attack it's it's fleeting uh but i know the space that i need and i have to choose my moment to go for it and that window could be very very small ryan yeah. hall actually said it really well yeah. i want to i'm going to try and get him on this podcast you will um, i think he'll call ryan hall said it after the conversation you guys message. had last time yeah, it, was, uh, it depends if he remembers me. Uh, he said it about, you know, I went to one of the seminars about 12 years ago. And he said, you know, he asked, you know, who's the newest person in the room? It was over in Leicester. Um, and he said, you know, this guy puts his hand up. He's been doing jujitsu for a few months. And he goes, right, can you put me in a rear naked choke? So the guy puts Ryan in a rear naked choke. Ryan taps. Turns around, Ryan puts him in one. The guy taps. He goes, look, we, you know, we're only human. We've both got necks. The difference is my ability to get there is going to be better than yours. But I can, if you find my neck, I'm still going to tap. Um, and especially, you know, being a, a semi-new white belt at the time, I was like, oh, wow, white black, well, black belt's going to be tapped too. They're not magic. <laughs> what the hell? Um, and that's what it all comes down to, again, is that it's kind of like, you know, your ability to find my chin, you know, is going to be different depending on what level you're at. And so it all comes down to how much I can cover my chin and how much of my chin my leaves exposed to you. It's nothing about technique. And technique's just a, a different way of explaining how much I cover my chin. Um, and can attack you in return. So I think that's part of the thing about hand fighting is to be able to hide your own offense, yeah. you know, keep your own defense, hide your own offense, and expose someone else's defense and, and exploit it. Yep. Agreed. But you have to have partners to do that who are working towards the same thing. Otherwise, if you know, you're against someone who's just keeping their hands down still, you're going to slug them. This is why I couldn't do a normal uh, class anywhere else. You know what I mean? It's so hard. <laughs> no, completely. I understand it completely. Um, huh, I think we've uh, I think we've we've nailed those those questions. Um, anything you'd like to add? Um, hmm. No, I think we covered. We answered the. I think questions quite uh, effectively i think i don't think we brushed over anything quick spent good time on each question i think yeah that was good i, I like this mm. idea of of discord asking us questions and we can answer like this um yeah it's interesting topics um and it feels like we're going to come back to the same answers um, <laughs> yeah weird <laughs> thank <laughs> weird all boils down to the same stuff still um <laughs> Quick advert uh, before we before we say goodnight. Um, there is going to be a camp uh, in Switzerland 
there are details on Instagram. Uh, it's being arranged by Joker uh, Jiu-Jitsu over in Bern in Switzerland. Um, it's it's uh, full camp uh, with myself and Sven Grotten. Sven's a badass. It's a defense-offense camp. Um, I wonder who's doing the defense stuff. I don't think it's Sven. Uh, and that's I think that's over a couple of days, over a weekend in... You know, you, the the price includes the hotel. It's got a lake around the back. You can go swimming in. Uh, all the classes, some food, uh, I think. And yeah, so uh, there's there's. If you want any more details on that, uh, definitely contact myself or uh, Joku Jiu Jitsu Burn uh, for more details. So there's going to be pictures on my Instagram uh, advertising it. Other than that, uh, I'll be at the Heidelberg Globetrotters Camp and at Lake Constance in southern germany just before the camp on that weekend so if you are around there uh or um at the Halleberg camp uh please hit me up ask me questions uh i'm always around at pretty much every open mat to to answer things uh what about you have you got any uh traveling jiu-jitsu plans i don't no, know if not, raul's got any not, camps on not at the moment no so i haven't got anything booked at the moment till the end of the year but you never know something might come up hopefully hopefully that's the plan is to get you out there as much as i am yeah we'll uh see. yeah so <laughs> we'll see yeah <laughs> that's the goal i'd love for you to go out and, and do yeah. stuff like this see the world via jiu-jitsu um but yeah so if uh if anyone's uh around those areas there are other seminars happening as well i think there's words of tokyo uh at some point in the year towards the end of the year i'm so excited for that <laughs> even if it doesn't come off i just want to go to tokyo um <laughs> Right, uh, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun answering these questions. Uh, I'm, I think doing the video as well worked really well. Uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you for sticking around uh, with Reap the Week. Um, there are, I say, different guests coming up soon. Uh, good night, sir. Good night. Good night. Always Going a pleasure. Sleep. Always a Always. pleasure. Even though it's only been a couple of hours, I missed your face and voice. <laughs> um, <laughs> good night, Naki. Good night. Have a good one, mate. See you in a bit. Bye.